Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This one is all about ungood girling and this specifically is about um, a thing I learned about money recently. And um, so I went to updates before I start Um, updates. I have been to Ireland and back and then I paid the I paid the jet lag tax. And then as the jet lag tax was ending, the um, you got on a plane (laughs) tax began. So I um, had some bronchitis. I'm sure you can hear that in my voice. There's no cause for concern. Um, I have been, I have had all the drugs and my energy is just returning. So it's been about 10 days and I woke up this morning like, oh, I need to take a drive. Oh, I have things to say. And uh, that's an exciting thing because I did not feel like talking to anybody last week. I was down. I remember sitting on the front porch thinking like, I can feel the calories required to sit up and I don't have them, and I need to go lie down. Um, so really, really, really energetically very low. And then coming back, and the practice of, now, Kelp, you practice all these things of, like, being kind, being gentle, going slowly, learning. Those, those are the things that I'm learning in this lifetime, how to be kind to myself, how to be gentle with myself, how to go slowly. Those are not my natural instincts toward myself. Um, or at least that's not what the conditioning would have me believe, right? Who knows what I was like before I was conditioned. And uh, so I've really been doing that. And this is probably my work for the day. Going to record this and and that's that because that's how much energy I have. But I wanted to share with you before, you know how sometimes you have insights and they come and then they fade, right? And if you don't write them down or capture them or share them, they just go and it's like they never happened. So... In my work, which is um, facilitating workshops and transformation for women, helping them to get more free, and in my studies, which are transformation for women and helping myself get more free, (laughs) it's all along that same continuum, Um, I've noticed a couple of things. Actually, it's just one thing, but it has lots of sub things. And I want to address this one thing very, 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 very clearly. And for the sake of capitalism, I'm going to talk about 
uh, probably going to end up talking about the event, the experience that I have coming up this fall. And there's no way to opt in. There's no way to join. There's no sales page. There's no, um, it isn't quite that firm yet still, uh, because this year is like <laughs> 2023 is in charge. I'm not in charge. So I'm, I'm taking my cues. It's getting closer. Um, but I want you to be able to enjoy this. This is not a sales pitch. This is a, I promise this is true for you. And if ungood girling appeals to you, you're going to love the innermost. How about that? So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next many podcasts. I know this is true for you. And if ungirling, ungood girling appeals to you, meaning that you ungood girl all the conditioning around your business, then the innermost is going to be incredible for you. Because I want you to be more free. And here's a way to get more free right the fuck now. Here's what I noticed. In both my studies and in my my work, my facilitation, my like, I'm in charge of it. I noticed a thing and it's a really upsetting thing, but it's also like a, uh, at least it's not just me thing, which is often how these feel when they're, it's big and it's huge and it's hidden from us because it's supposed to be hidden from us because that's what keeps us not free. Um, women do not believe they are good at money. So if you believe that you're not good at money, welcome to everyone. I did not know this was the case. I thought somewhere out there, there are women who are just like, I'm fucking amazing at money and I tell everyone. See, that's the other part of it. If you're good at money, you keep that shit quiet because uh, you don't want to become a target of envy. And if you're not good at money, you keep that shit quiet because you're ashamed that you're not good with money. So in our not talking about money as a, as a culture, but especially as women, there's this, this like subtext that happens, which is I'm not good at money. And I can tell you about this in my studies with like many, many, many women from, uh, in a global community from ages in the twenties to in the seventies and everywhere in between. So we have decades and decades and decades of experience and every, not every planet on earth, but men, sorry, I'm just so excited. Um, many countries on earth. This is not a United States centric, um, course of study that I'm doing. Everyone, every woman believes she's not good at money. And then when asked to find money victories, most women have a tremendous amount of resistance to that. And then when the victories start to come out and they're shared with the group, uh, I'm not good at money, but there was that one time that um, NASA gave me a couple of grants for a quarter million dollars a piece. What? What? That's amazing. Or like, I'm not good at money, but I got a full ride scholarship to X college university course of study. I'm not good at money. But there was that time that I paid for a house with cash. I'm not good at money, but they're like, what? Like, and then because there isn't a place to celebrate this, that you, that you did these incredible things with money out even, and you know, in business accomplishments are a whole separate category of like, we never quite get to claim like, um, I did this or I did that because there's always somewhere more that we're trying to go. And so we never like take in the nutrients of, I did that thing. Cause it's like, well, I did that thing, but like I changed my goal six months ago cause I saw I was going to do the thing. So now I want this instead. 
So I want to present you with the revolutionary idea. If you were a person who has been subjected to all the good girl training and conditioning because at birth you were issued a vagina and therefore you were issued good girl conditioning. You didn't get a choice. Consider that you're good at money. Consider, and if that seems like too far away, consider that you have the potential to be good at money and consider that we are trained in good girl conditioning to look at the flaws, not the successes. That if you get a hundred on a test, great. But if you get a 99 or less, we're going to focus on the flaws. And in the academic world, there's also rankings, right? Um, that I grew up in my high school. So I, let me make this very, very clear to you in terms of academics, and then I'll translate it to money. In terms of academics, there was nothing my parents could have done if I came home with less than 100 that would have been worse than what I had already done to me by the time I got off the bus and had like a 96. Keeping in mind that a 96 is an A, but it wasn't an A+. There was this ruthless, perfectionist standard that I pushed myself to and I pushed myself toward. And I don't know where it came from. It did not come from my parents. They never had to externally motivate me. It was me motivating me. And I don't know what I internalized very early on that made me that way, but I was that way. There's nothing worse. I got a B in the fifth grade and I'm still mad about it. A, B in the fifth grade and I'm still mad about it. Um, I got a C in French. I deserved it, but also the professor sucked. Uh, I got a C in swimming. I can tell you all the times I didn't get an A and I'm 40 fucking two years old. Something in me just wanted the A. And I think part of it was I knew that if I didn't get the straight A's, I wouldn't get the scholarships. And if I didn't get the scholarships, I wouldn't be able to go to college. And if I wouldn't, couldn't go to college, I wouldn't be able to leave where I was born, Stallstown, Pennsylvania, population, I don't know, not even a red light, maybe 200 people. It's like some part of me knew that that was the sequence. And so at the, the, the building block of that sequence of um, straight A's, grades, straight A's lead to grades, lead to uh, scholarships, lead to college, lead to getting the fuck out of this town. The pressure I put on myself was so tremendous, right? So cut to everything else in life ever. <laughs> But that same mentality is not gone. If I'm not doing it exactly right, I fall into shame. I've done a lot of work on this, but that's been the pattern that I am undoing. So it's fine if I pay my credit cards off on time, but that time I was late, I still beat myself up for. It's fine that I pay all my bills on time, but I did miss that one time. Like there's a weird perfectionism to, and like the utility company doesn't give a fuck if your bill is a day late. They don't give a fuck. Like, come on, come on now. There are more important things in the world to concentrate on. And yet some part of me just wants to beat the shit out of myself for things that I do around money that are less than perfect instead of focusing on the NASA grants, the buying a house with cash, the wins, the successes, the scholarships, the, um, the, the fucking victories here. And I bet you do that too. 
So no matter how much of life is a shit show, even if you're like, I am 99% financial shit show, I guarantee there's a 1% that you're doing right. You're paying something on time. You're asking for help in some fashion. You're employed. <laughs> Employment is winning most of the time. Uh, you're still bringing in income. You're in charge of something financially. You're applying for grants. You're applying for scholarships. You're having a meeting with an accountant. You're going to see someone about credit consolidation, debt management. You're asking for help. You're asking for support. You're talking about money with other people. That is an enormous win in and of itself. Even if it's to say, I suck, I'm in trouble and I need help. You are talking with people about money. That is a major taboo and you're doing it. So consider that part of ungood girling yourself and your business is accepting where you are winning, where you have victories. You Maybe you, you set up a business, you set your prices, you figured out how to make a shopping cart. People check out with the shopping cart. You figured out how to ship items. You figured out how to ship items profitably. You have managed to support yourself, your children, your family, your chosen family, your organizations, your charities, your nonprofits, your deeply held beliefs and movements, you have used your money to contribute to those things. If you've ever given $5 to a nonprofit that felt amazing, that's a fucking win. You had money, you gave it generously to a cause you believed in. That is a financial victory. What women do and what I'm learning by, by virtue of being in containers and then making and holding containers is that women never give themselves credit for that generosity because it's they're embarrassed that it's only $5 because it could be more, but that's capitalism. It could always be more, but you did that thing. You were generous with what you had. And I have no doubt that if you were a billionaire, you would give more than $5. Yes. Great. So there's a part of you that I want to celebrate that I'll bet you don't celebrate. That is, you actually know a lot about money. You might not be working on Wall Street and investing daily, right? You might not be, you might not be the wolf of Wall Street, but that's kind of the only picture of financial victory that we have. It's that and like billionaires. Um, but what if we stopped idolizing that? Because wolf, the wolf of Wall Street is a fucking gross human being. And most billionaires are fucking gross human beings. Okay. And if you want to argue that Elon Musk is not a gross human being, God bless you. I don't have time to listen to that argument. He's fucking gross, right? So if what if we stop striving for, I'm not a billionaire, so I'm a failure. <laughs> or I'm not a millionaire, so I'm a failure. Or I can barely pay my fucking rent, so I'm a failure. What if we focus on what you're doing right? Not to ignore what you're doing wrong, but to draw all of the nutrients from what you are doing right. I'll bet your house has electricity right now. Somebody paid for that. Somebody made sure that bill was paid and somebody continues to monitor that account so that it continues to be paid. In some cases, opening mail from financial institutions is the biggest win you can have in a day. And I'm not saying that to patronize. I'm saying that because there was a period of life, it was called my 20s, <laughs> 
when I viewed credit cards as free money and then just didn't open the bills because then it didn't exist. That was how I got good at credit cards and credit by fucking it all the way up and then bringing it and like, oh, <laughs> and then coming back. Right. So what if you just didn't have shame about where you are? Because if we drop the shame about where you are and what you're doing wrong, because everyone has shit that they are ashamed about and they're doing wrong with regards to finances, I've, I've, I have found. Can we focus on what you're doing right? And it can be really big, too. Um, I found people that own multiple homes, like they are landlords, um, feeling bad about that and feeling like they're doing that wrong. Um because they have to charge rent. They can't just give away their, they don't have enough money to just like house people for free. So now we have the guilt of having, and we don't get to say that we don't get to hold the financial prowess of, I own multiple buildings with that have tenants in them and I collect rent from them and I take really good care of them as a, as a steward of that land and that home, right? We completely lose the victory lap of any kind, even if it's a 3% victory lap, 97% shit show, we don't get that. And I would like to encourage you to take that back and to not minimize the victories that you do have. In my life, some of my biggest financial victories have been, ready? Open the mail from the credit card. Talk to someone about the mail from the credit card. Make a plan for the credit cards talk to professionals about the credit cards, get yourself an accountant, talk with the accountant about what's happening, talk when the business is doing really well and make a plan. And what's harder, talk when the business is down and make a plan. Talk openly about money with a partner, with a friend, with a coach, with a person you trust who's not going to shit on you. Those are all victories. Those are all massive victories. If those things have previously been difficult for you, please claim those victories internally. And then there are the big victories too. Like you get the scholarship, you pay off the college debt, you buy the house, you pay for the house in cash, you buy the second house, the third house, the investment properties, you figure out the stock market and you figure out how to make a bank. Your investments pay off. You have investments. You open an investment account. You watch the investment account grow. You add auto contributions to the investments so that it's just autopilot, set it and forget it. You have a budget budget, you stick to the budget. You adjust the budget when you don't stick to it. And I think some of the biggest victories might be emotional. You don't give up when you make a mistake. You don't beat the shit out of yourself if you forget to pay a thing or it's late. You extend yourself grace when you need help. You extend yourself grace when you have a question or multiple questions or you just have no fucking idea where to even start. You extend yourself grace when you need another human to support you in some part of your financial aspect of your journey, particularly with your business. You say your pricing, and for business, you say your pricing out loud without a question mark. You raise your prices. You make your prices profitable. You make your prices pleasurably profitable, like above and beyond what is simply a tiny profit margin. You bring yourself to your business and you are paid for bringing yourself to your business. You are able to talk with other people about your business 
in a completely legitimate, grounded, beautiful, gorgeous way. You don't feel the need to discount your work because someone says, hey, can you offer me a discount? (laughs) You laugh when they ask for a discount and raise the price by $500. That's a power move and I've done it. It's amazing. Um, There are many, 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 many financial victories that you have, that you are having, that exist in you, that have existed in you, that you are not claiming because... There's a, there, there are two emotions that are happening and they're, they're like, I can, I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. I've seen this so clear. I've seen behind the curtain of money between Ireland and my own private studies. This is what it is. I thought, I didn't know I was going to talk about this. I thought because I grew up super fucking poor. I thought that if I just got X amount of dollars, that my money problems would be solved. But what I saw in private study is that the people that have the dollars, whose problems I think are magically solved, have tremendous guilt for having money. So their primary emotion about guilt, about, sorry, their primary emotion about money is guilt. And then the people that don't have money, that are in debt, that are trying to start a thing, that are, that have started a thing, going back on a thing that just, it isn't quite working, whatever that means for you, they have shame about money. And then it's like, there's a shame to guilt continuum and women just move back and forth on the shame to guilt continuum. So the more you have, the more guilt you have. The less you have, the more shame you have. What's wrong with you? The more guilt you have, who do you think you are? The more shame do you have? You know how much you're, you know how much you're fucking up, right? You know you're bad at this, right? And then you have more on this the guilt. Why do you get to have this? What makes you think you're worthy of? And then the shame. Oh, like it, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Or it's just stuck in one or the other. I want to invite you. To notice when these things come up. And I want to say to you, unequivocally, I have no caveats for once. Women are trained to believe that we are bad at money. When you see a woman who says, I am good at money, out loud in public, and is able to claim that, you are seeing a woman who has done a tremendous amount of work. Nobody, nobody came out that way. The conditioning does not allow women to keep that part of themselves and their journey with money. It simply doesn't allow it. And then on top of that, if you were raised Christian, I was raised Catholic and Protestant. I have that weird, that weird dichotomy. And it's the Catholic that gets me here. Um, The shame of why do I even need money is real. And there's a guilt of any money I do have, I should be giving to the church, which is a fantastic power play because the church, remember, is 100% men. Just remember that. 100% men in power. I should be giving money to the church. And I say this with great love because I have a mom who, quote unquote, wasn't good at money, 
who also managed to keep all of the bills paid with the money that was provided, who found a way to make do, to make money stretch, to find really fantastic clothing in thrift stores and antique shops and found a way to make this life that she wanted with very limited resources. And I watched her, the number of times that I watched her give her, there's a secret compartment of her wallet that she had. The number of times that I watched her give her last $5, her last $10, her last $20 to the church in mass, because it came out of the special pocket. I knew where that was in her wallet. I watched her give away what little she had to the church week on week on week on week on week. So a tremendous generosity exists in women that what little I do have, I'm willing to give to what I believe in. And I know, I know she felt guilt because, or sorry, I know she felt shame that that wasn't enough. It was literally her last $5. And I know she felt shame that that wasn't enough. That if she had more, she would have given more. So, what if... What if just for today, just for, you can set a timer. What if just for 10 minutes, you believe that you have financial skills, that there are some parts of money that you're good at, and that you have been trained to believe you're not good at money. And it has worked for the most part in most people, in most cases. It's a lie. It's a lie that blinds you to how beautiful and wonderful and magnificent and incredible and incredibly skilled and talented and knowledgeable and capable and competent you actually are. It's a fucking lie. You don't have to believe it. So instead of looking for evidence that you suck at money because the brain has confirmation bias and it will find it or you're bad at money, what if you look for evidence that you're actually quite competent with money in a lot of ways and in a lot of areas and if you want to use the present great if you want to use the past as evidence that you are good with money not that you're bad with money great write it down make a list provide evidence to yourself i'm going to take you into a courtroom and you're going to say judge it turns out i'm actually okay with money here's why prove it in a court of law I guarantee that there are wins. It's just that you're holding yourself to this standard that's like, that ignores all of those wins because there are these things that you want that you haven't reached yet. And so you just ignore this enormous swath of your life that is like, I'm actually doing these things quite well. Please give yourself credit for those. That is a way to ungood girl. Own the victories, own the wins, own the parts that you're fucking crushing it in. And then notice, because this is, this is brewing in me. This is a really big concept. It's brewing in me. Um, I don't know exactly know how to exit this paradigm. The guilt to shame continuum. Oh, sorry, the shame to guilt continuum. So the more money you have, the more guilt you have. The less money you have, the more shame you have. So it goes from what's wrong with you to who, who are you to deserve this? Who are you to have this? Who are you to have this when other people don't have this? 
So the shame of failure, I don't have enough money. The guilt of success, I do have enough money. Do you see how you can't win? You can't win. So just notice the shame or the guilt or both. It might be a nice little sandwich of both in there. And notice that those feelings don't help anyone. Your shame about money doesn't help you. It just makes you sit and hide and be secret about money, which means you can't get help because no one knows you need help. And your guilt about money doesn't help because you can't share it, spread it, talk about it, use it to generate life, use it to generate resources, use it to support the causes that you would like. You have to kind of hide it, which is, it's the same posture. My posture as I'm sitting in my car talking to you is like hunched over and holding, like I'm holding a secret uh, on my lap and I'm not going to let it go. What if you just have, if you have lots of money, just have lots of money and enjoy it. Be a model of what it's like to have lots of money and enjoy it because we don't fucking have those. We don't have those. Period. And play. Play with, oh my God, there's shame. I'm just going to drop it. Play with, oh my God, there's guilt. I'm just going to drop it. Where there, guilt is blocking enjoyment and generally shame is, block, is blocking progress. Like, no matter where you are, you don't have to stay there. You're not stuck there. But it might require talking to another human to get out of there, wherever you are. And that's okay. There is nothing an accountant would like more than to talk with you about your business finances. Because that's their job. That's their job. There's no shame in having an accountant. It's a really good thing. It's a really good thing. There's no guilt in having, you have 17 houses, fantastic. Have those 17 houses. But if you feel guilt around them, then you don't really have them. You have to kind of hide them. It's different. It's like a hoard versus a buffet. Like a private room full of food that no one can go into. So it's just wasted versus a tremendous banquet of food that everyone can enjoy. There's a huge difference energetically. So notice shame, notice guilt, and consider that you are not bad at money. You might not be the best in the world. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blow sunshine up your ass, Jack McBrayer you that way. I'm not trying to bypass a goddamn thing. But I am trying to get you to go back and circle into the places, circle the places where you're good at money, particularly in your business. Maybe it's with marketing. Maybe it's with monetizing. Maybe it's pricing. Maybe it's getting people to commit. Maybe it's getting people to attend live events. Maybe it's getting people to attend webinars or, or opt into freebies. Maybe it's converting the people who want the freebies into the people who want to pay you lots of money. Maybe it's raising your rates whenever you feel like it. Maybe it's attracting just the right clients that'll pay just the right amount of money. Maybe it's structuring your business correctly from the beginning and it's just never been a concern. Whatever it is, however it works in you and with you, please claim it. Please own it. Please enjoy it. Because when my mom was born, a woman couldn't have a credit card. She had to have her husband's approval and signature to have a credit card. When my mom was born, that makes me the first generation of women on the planet in recorded history that we know of 
that's capable of having and holding money without a man being involved. In a socially sanctioned way. Not in an anomaly, like, oh, she inherited that from her father and then she's just ostracized, but she has that inheritance to prove it or whatever. In a way that's like, we acknowledge that all women are allowed to have money without men. That law in the United States was 1970-something. My mom was born in the late 40s. I am the first generation of women that is allowed to have money without the interference of a man or the permission of a man. So keep that in mind, too, as you go through this. Like, I'm so bad at money. I'm so bad at money. Well, I mean, we have been excluded from it for millennia. That might do with that. Might, it might take a couple of years. It might take a couple of tries. It might take a couple of learning new skills. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Please give yourself grace. We're the first generation that's not property and that's not tied to property. That's not permission-based money having. So we're allowed to fuck it up. We're allowed to make messes. We're allowed to do things differently. We're allowed to enjoy the process. And for goddamn sure, we're allowed to enjoy our wins. And just for the record, because it pleases me to say so, when my mom died, she had $12,000 in the bank. and Dad doesn't know where it came from or why she had it. And that brings me such great joy. Good for her. (laughs) Good for her, good for her, good for her. So may you, wherever you are, may you claim your financial victories and wins, no matter how small your asshole brain says that they are. May you find the courage and the fortitude to point to every single thing that you are doing right with money and that you are doing right in your business and that you are doing right with the things that you are trying to make and shape in the world. May you notice immediately, here I am on the shame to guilt continuum. If, if you're, <laughs> my money's making you feel shitty. Is it shame or is it guilt? Generally, it's one of the two. And we can exit that continuum. May you embrace the pleasure of being good at what you're good at and acknowledging that you're good at what you're good at. And may you find the pleasure inherent in having someone help you do a thing you really want to do so that you can work together to make even bigger magic happen. Also, may you find the perfect accountant for you. Thank you so much from listening. Thank you so much from listening. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you so, so soon. Until then, may you ungood girl the fuck out of your finances with this very simple truth. You are good at money 
in some cases, I promise, and money does not have to be a source of guilt or shame. We can undo that shit starting now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.